Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Monday, April 25th, and well, it finally happened. CNN Plus has been killed in the crib just three weeks after its splashy and very expensive launch. For today's Media Monday, John Kelly and I get into why David Zaslov decided to pull the plug. We'll hear about all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Are you tired of sleeping hotter than hell? I sure am. I sleep hot. There's something crucial about sleep that eludes us when we're too warm, too uncomfortable, and too caught in the web of our own thoughts to drift off. And while curiosity fuels our days, science tells us that cool sleep recharges our nights. That's where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Meet the bed cooling system that elevates the quality of human life through cool sleep. The Chili Pad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. I love it. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Chili Pad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees, allowing your body to rest and recover. This isn't just about escaping the heat, it's also about optimizing your sleep for better health, more energy, and improved physical and cognitive performance, which I obviously need hosting a podcast. Chili pads are designed for one or two sleepers, so if your sleep partner likes to sleep at a different temperature, or you only need it for one side of the bed, that's okay too, and we know that's crucial. Plus, you can schedule automated temperature changes to trigger deep sleep. But when I'm at home, Chili Pad solves those problems. So trust me on this one. Visit sleep.me slash powers to get your chili pad and save up to $315 with code powers. This offer is available exclusively for powers that be listeners and only for a limited time. Order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with their sleep trial. Visit www.sleep.com dot me slash powers because you're not just investing in better sleep you're creating a better life happy monday everybody if it's monday on the powers that be it means it is media monday and i'm joined by our boss man john kelly to talk about all things media uh, however the the thing that's sort of consuming media conversations these days uh is the end of CNN Plus. John, if you've been listening to The Powers That Be, if you've been reading Puck, I mean, we've been talking about this for months that it seemed very unlikely that CNN Plus would would succeed. But I think people were surprised that it was killed off this early. Um, you know, we were talking about this a few days ago when it happened. I mean, this is this is a good business decision, isn't it? Yeah, there, I mean, there's a, so much to unpack here. And I think first and foremost, it was a gutsy decision to do it quickly. And um, and David Zaslov definitely signaled to the market that in his, his pursuit of cutting billions of dollars in debt off of this 50 billion plus debt, and he's promised 3 billion in cost savings from the merger, that he's not messing around. He's going to do it very quickly. What we're also learning too, and our man Dylan Byers published a piece on, on Friday that really broke this news, is that, you know, Zaslov... And his team did not want CNN Plus to get out of the gate. And they were signaling it in press articles throughout the course of the year in very subtle ways. But it turns out actually that 
executives at Warner Brothers Discovery, or what was then Discovery, excuse me, discussed with uh, the highest levels of AT&T that they just didn't believe in the strategy of this concept, that they thought that CNN was effectively too small to have its own streaming service. And it was presumably a decision based on Discovery's experience in the market with its own streaming services. I think Discovery Plus only had 22 million subscribers. But the point that the, the Discovery guys were trying to articulate was that you need to be colossal to succeed in streaming. And that CNN is big. It's a big brand, but it's not colossal. And it makes a lot more sense to roll it up into a larger HBO Max type thing with Warner Brothers and all the Chip and Joanna assets and all the Turner <laughs> Sports assets and everything that the deal was going to, you know, was going to bring together. I presume that Zaslav and his team were also pissed that that Jason Kylar, who was the CEO of Warner Media, was going forward with this deal having already spent nearly $100 million and, and looking to spend another $350 million this year, which is more debt that's saddled on a company that's going to have to cut debt. So yes, this was a incredibly gutsy move. There's a, a high level of corporate intrigue and sort of white glove knife fighting that you, that you really very, very rarely see here. But Peter, my analysis is like totally second rate compared to your lived experience. You've been talking <laughs> about the uh, eventual demise of CNN Plus from the moment that like the idea was was hatched. I feel like you have some institutional knowledge of the place that can only be surmised from actually like having been in the situation room. What's going through your mind, man? I, I literally have a I'm in the situation room door hanger that I got when I worked for the situation room. Um, Did you just talk like this all the time, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> Happening now. I actually do like Wolf. Um, Wolf calls his staffers former and current the Wolf Pack, so I will always be part of the Wolf Pack. Um, yeah, I mean, part of it is what you just said and what the Discovery execs believe to be true, which is CNN generally sort of overestimates its place in the world when there's not big breaking news events. I mean, people tune in to watch, uh, you know, Russia invade Ukraine, election nights, leaving Afghanistan, big moments during COVID, et cetera. But it's the other days of the week that, you know, CNN is watched by a few hundred thousand people and therefore not big enough to sustain its own streaming service. The other part of it is this had been tried not once, but twice before, <laughs> CNN had a streaming service called Pipeline back in like the mid 2000s, which was, you know, just very online sort of streaming broadcast. CNN Go was another aborted effort. And the demand for Marvel content makes people pay seven mm -hmm. bucks a month. The demand for Disney Plus so people can have their kids watch yeah. storied, <laughs> you know, brands and franchises on Disney Plus means people will pay seven, eight dollars a month people aren't going to pay that much money for Chris Wallace, you know, or any of the other people that they, they hired to host. Um, you know, I feel bad for some of them. Like Audie Cornish came over from NPR and like her show hadn't even launched yet and is not going to launch. And we'll see what they do with some of the anchors they hired for this. But I guess the bottom line beyond the business decision is there's this assumption that people wanted more CNN content on top of what was already there. And like that just isn't an audience that exists outside of uh, outside of DC and, and New York maybe and like there's just a miscalculation that the CNN brand is as hallowed as it as it once was i came across a very funny term the other day uh, brian morrissey who uh used to be the president i think of, of digiday uh -huh. he hosts a 
a podcast called The Rebooting, and he's on Substack, and, and, and he, we also serialized some of his work here in Puck. He was interviewing a guy named Jay Loft who'd started Quartz, and Brian referred to the era that we've just ended as genetically modified media. And I feel like CNN Plus is sort of the, the tail end of the genetically modified media era, that there was this thesis that they put together whereby they rationalized that people like CNN, people like streaming, therefore people will like CNN and streaming. <laughs> so he's the other piece too that in retrospect, we were sort of blinded to is that CNN makes its money through these subscriber fees and these retransmission fees. And they have in their legal agreements with the Xfinities and Comcast of the world, they can't simultaneously broadcast live their shows on streaming. So they had to kind of recreate a, a B-list CNN lineup, which is effectively what they did there because nobody wants to disentangle CNN from those legal agreements because that would like truly nuke the business overnight there. And, and so they tried to find a, a way to gradually move the business from linear to streaming. And that's actually the most interesting thing to me that, that's going on now with this Zaslaw versus Kylar argument that, that Dylan has unearthed in, in his work. It's a religious war. Like Kylar believes in streaming. He believed in the genetically modified media that like CNN's great. It's the future of news. Like we're going to make something that's going to compete with the New York Times one day. And Zaslav is an old cable guy who like very effectively ran a bunch of low-lying cable assets with great profitability to the success and happiness of the John Malone and the Newhouse family. And he is of the mind that CNN is a linear asset and its shows can be placed in a larger bundle. I think that the, the like totally unspoken bit in all this that nobody wants to say, and I think actually for, for I give Nathaniel Brown, the head of communications at Discovery, credit for this. They are saying all the right things. And this was a painful decision. Zaslav, again, to his credit, made this tough call before Chris Licht, who's running CNN, even had his first day. So he, he caught a bullet for the guy, so to speak. But what's really going on here, and, and no one wants to say out loud, is they are managing CNN for a long-term decline. That doesn't mean it won't be important. It doesn't mean it won't be a huge factor in the culture. It just means that it's literally never going to be as big as it was under Jeff Zucker. Like that, that was peak CNN. And CNN Plus could be viewed, or I would view it, as an attempt by the Zucker administration to ensure that CNN had a future that was as enormous, where it stood alone as its own streaming asset. And Zaslav is saying, no, that's that's not realistic. It will always be relevant, but it will never be as big as it used to be. And, and that's just how the world works sometimes. Uh, I want to take a quick break, John, and come back on that very topic of Jeff Zucker after the break. Hey, Powers That Be listeners, I'm here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated list of gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. I use Etsy all the time and have for years. I bought my brother some artwork. I bought my wife some jewelry. I even bought a rug 
for our living room on Etsy. I love it. But there's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for friends and family members around the holidays or birthdays in my life. And sometimes I get super stressed trying to find the perfect thing. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found the perfect gift for a buddy who's just as into Cincinnati sports as I am, a hot cup of Joe, Joe Burrow mug. That's right, I found that on Etsy, it's amazing. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic, try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Okay, so John, you just mentioned that uh, you know CNN was as big as it ever was under Jeff Zucker. I mean, certainly culturally bigger way before Jeff Zucker back in the Ted Turner era. Uh, but you know, it, it's not as big now as it was under the Jeff Zucker era. The reason I bring his name up is part of the reason that CNN Plus feels like such a colossal Katzenberg Quibi esque disaster is yeah. It's on that scale now. For similar reasons that Quibi failed. And, and you had a sort of bombastic, charismatic executive who was willing to tell talent, who was willing to tell staff, who was willing to tell investors possibly that we're going to build something that like you've never seen before. Come on over here. We'll pay you a million dollars. We'll pay you five million dollars. You know, come over from NPR. Come over from NBC. Come over from Fox. This is the future, right? And- the megawatt charisma of somebody like that, Jeff Zucker, mm-hmm. and the momentum that that generates, and the frankly the the sort of sycophant behavior within the company around him, it just sends you down a road that there's like no turning back from. And as Quibi was being developed, you know, any person with a brain, you know, and that could have been a fucking screenwriter, it could have been a camera guy, <laughs> could have been an editor, and it could have been a studio head, would have been like. There's no audience for this. There's no demand for this. Why are we throwing so yeah. much money? And so like, I do think that, I think there are around 300 staffers that are being offered severance or a chance to reapply for jobs at the network. Uh, and I, I feel bad for them. And I feel bad for some of the talent, less so because they were the ones who were sort of sold a bill of snake oil by this guy. But like, it's these executives and they're like big talk that I think is part of the reason that this inevitably failed. The Quibi comparison is, I think, most apt on the level that Quibi was asking people to, to it was kind of trying to create a behavior that didn't exist. Yes. You know, uh, people like YouTube, they liked HBO, we're somewhere in between. That's a hypothesis. And, you know, normally you would try and bear out that hypothesis before investing a fire hose worth of, of capital behind it. And they, again, they tried to genetically, you know, create the media. They say, oh yeah, we'll get a bunch of, you know, great stars and great shows and we'll make it work. But in reality, we know how this business works, Peter. They were getting the scripts that never sold, the vanity projects of stars that no one else would make. And it was great for the headlines, but the product was was obviously underwhelming and, and, and disappeared quickly. What is so similar here is indeed that they were creating a new slate of decent stuff that probably wasn't going to be successful on an island by itself. And they didn't market in an effective way. It was discounted heavily out of the gate, which is always a terrible sign. There was a lifetime subscription to CNN Plus. Like, 
that's sort of like in the cat food category of how you market. And, and, and there was never any credible sense, to me at least, that they had professional marketers who were doing this. But the craziest thing, and this is kind of why we love this business, is this is like a fable. In the, in the demise of CNN Plus, everyone hated everyone. Jeff Zucker and Jason Kyler obviously had a, a resentment-filled relationship. John Stanky, you know, set this whole thing in motion, similar in the sense to what Zaz has done. Like, he bought these WarnerMedia assets for $100 million and realized quickly he had no use for them. And he just made a sort of hasty, out-of-nowhere decision to just sell the thing and get rid of it at a huge, huge loss. And I also think that the narrative that Zaslov and Zucker were these golfing buddies from East Hampton who were constantly talking is just not true. They were both at NBCU, the division of GE, at the same time when Zucker was a larger-than-life living programming executive and CEO. And Zaslov was a much more Jack Welch-type spreadsheet-minded person who then left for Discovery. But the last thing that is unbelievably interesting about, I think, what will happen next here is we don't know what what news looks like on streaming. Yes. And... If CNN Plus is not going to make it, then I think a lot of other companies are going to reimagine their investment in this space. And that starts with the, the various investments that, that Comcast has made in its, um, in its Peacock properties like, like NBC News Now. I think that there's a real sense that news is going to become a lot less expensive to produce as we see the linear bundle continue to decline over time. Derek Thompson uh, of The Atlantic like tweeted something to this effect uh, last Friday, I think, about you know, beyond the business of CNN Plus, it's just like the means of production and, and format mm-hmm. for creating news, it has just changed. Like we're recording this over Zoom, wearing athleisure, <laughs> talking into a microphone. <laughs> like I film my Snapchat show, you know, with with an HD camera and a tripod and I tape a mic to my shirt and I hit two and a half million subscribers every day. Mm-hmm. All of the gloss and the sort of like, fancy studio stuff. It comes in useful on election nights and things like that. But the whole big splashy production for news, like it's just not really where consumers are at anymore. And that's just like another reason where the idea of this product didn't match the audience and and, and yeah. its behavior. The thing I want to I want to ask you, though, you mentioned Chris Licht, who's coming in. I don't assume that either of us have advice for him, but mm-hmm. you have a staff that has already lost their fearless leader, Jeff Zucker, who I think he did some long-term damage to the CNN brand by making it more partisan. You also have now a lot of people dispirited after the CNN Plus thing. And you have highly paid talent with no real estate. Like, where do they go? If you're Chris Licht and you're coming in, you've been ordered to cut costs, you're trying to manage all of these like wounded egos. Like, what do you do? Well, you know, as you mentioned before about how we're both... uh, dressed slightly non-professionally, having this this conversation right now o- over Zoom. We all know in the media that streaming is the next big thing. And part of what Warner Brothers Discovery is saying is that streaming is the next big thing. And CNN is going to be a smaller part of that next big thing. And I imagine that the biggest challenge for Lick is going to be demonstrating and and actually articulating a strategy that allows his talent and staff to recognize that there is a very profitable and very valuable future to CNN, but that it will be very different culturally than what it's been in the past. There will not be a a daily ratings sugar high the way there used to be. And 
that culture, the, the culture of town cars that I think we both grew up with in media, that that's going to go away. And that the thing that really does matter more than anything is the work now. If he can stay with a straight face, he'll know immediately in his organization who agrees with them and who believes him because they'll be the ones to stick around and I think the others won't. All right, John. Lots to talk about moving forward with CNN Plus, I'm sure. Uh, and Dylan, apologies. We keep bogarting all of your reporting <laughs> for Media Monday, but you've been on vacation, buddy. So we got to have you on soon. All right, John. Have a good week. We'll see you on the, uh, on the all hands. Thanks, Peter. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Peter Hamby. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, and Chris Corcoran, chief content officer and founding partner of Cadence 13.